If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I have a, I don't even know how you're going to answer this one. I got a good question for you today. (laughs) All right. Great. In any stage of your life, um, momhood or pre-momhood, were you a gamer? Did you play video games? Oh, yeah. Kidding. What were your favorites? Atari. Frogger. Frogger. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Tetris so much that when I would like look out in society or when I was reading a book, I could like piece the, the puzzle, like the puzzle pieces into like between the lines of the text. I played Tetris so much. So we still do this. Like if we go, um, when we're going on vacation and you have to pack up the back of, you know, you put all the seats down and you're packing up the back of the vehicle. It's like Tetris and you fit everything into all the spaces. It is. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what we see. Uh Uh Very helpful. I feel that way when I, when I load the dishwasher too, loading the dishwasher feels like Tetris (laughs) to me. So I want to talk about I want to talk about esports because it has invaded my life. I didn't think I would be mm. an esports mom or a school with a reputation for esports. It kind of just became a thing. It wasn't my initiative. I inherited it. But I grew up playing video games. I was right in the era of um, the people who would I, like I would blow into my Nintendo when it wouldn't work. You know, the original Nintendo uh-huh. gaming system. Yes. And we all, you know, had these gaming systems in our basement on the extra TV, you know, that maybe maybe was black and yes. white or maybe it was color. So um, grew up in, with video games. Obviously, they evolved quite a bit. And when I came into the school, setting at the high school level, esports had taken off. Uh, my school had the first esports lab in the state of Michigan, and our kids were going off being successful because of this esports being on their college applications, which was crazy. I have come to learn that there is more collegiate level scholarship money available in esports than any athletic sport in the United States. Did you know that? Why is that? No. Um, well, I mean, I could talk about esports from um, the perspective of the the little university here in my town is um, Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon Uni- University. It was the first esports 
lounge that I have toured that I saw, you know, firsthand, this was years ago, Mm -hmm. they were in the front of that. And um, just kind of explaining, you know, it's it's a different kind of kid that comes into this and the opportunities for a different kind of kid. I did not know that about scholarships, but I know it's a big deal. Well, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until I was last spring um, doing college visits with my bonus kid from Spain. And he realized Uh he's Uh in the top 2% in the world for Rocket League, which is one of one of our games. (laughs) And so when we're tuning around and they're looking at what his handle is, they all wanted him. So he's he is in college at Aquinas College on an esports scholarship. And so now that we are now that he's up and running, he is um, in the middle of his season, which is pretty intense because we are in the eastern time zone and his competitions are late at night because they're competing against other time zones. So it's a little bit nuts, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering because this came this has come up in two ways recently for me. One way is when I give a tour of the school. So over the weekend, I had um, I toured the class of 83 and they were coming through. Many of them had not been through the school since 1983 and they were blown away by the esports lab. They thought it was really cool, um, but it's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes I bring parents through and they go, "Ooh, why would you encourage kids to be gaming or in front of a uh-huh. computer? Right. Yep. So that's like scenario one is kind of this adult perspective. And these are non-parents. They're just, you know, people who are coming through. I mean, some of them could be parents, but not with that hat on. Um, not necessarily an admissions tour. This has been alumni tours. And the other okay. is I have a son in the fourth grade and he did some summer esports uh, camps. But now he's into it enough that they may start a uh, fourth grade and up league or, you know, team at his Catholic elementary school. And so they were asking my advice, um, because we have like a, our short list of games, our Bishop approved, and it's kind of fun to, uh, make sure that they're fun games. Like rocket league is a good one. Cause it's like soccer basically, but it's been interesting because now I'm thinking about younger kids on gaming systems, but I'm also thinking about the adult perspective and, why people are plugging money into this in such a rapid pace. It's just all very fascinating to me. So, yeah, because I, gosh, these are the moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so old school (laughs) because I, I don't, um, I don't love that. Like let's in elementary schools, let's, let's give the kids more screen time. No, actually, no, let's not. So I, I'm not crazy about that. I understand, you know, at the college level, it becomes a competitive thing, an outlet, you know, a, a place to, you know, put your energies and why colleges are investing in that. I don't know, but like if kids are spending their time there and that's attractive and that's going to get kids on campus or like whatever the case is. Sure. I get it. More screen time for elementary school kids. I'm going to say, no, don't love it. I do (laughs) love, so let me debate this though, because if kids are going to be gaming anyway, alone in their house, so either they're playing alone and not connected to, uh, you know, a Wi-Fi like network of gamers, like they could just be playing alone or they could be playing virtually against people. Um, Uh uh-huh you know, in a, I just think of like quiet, dark basements or bedrooms and stuff. Like I, I don't love yeah. that. It's really hard to balance no. that as a mom, 
But when I have come into the esports lab, or now what I'm hearing what's happening at the college lab that Juan is in, it's really interesting at the amount of strategy that happens. When I was at the statewide, uh-huh. when I was at the state finals last spring, and I saw these kids build strategy, because at least I could only speak for Rocket League. But when you're sitting on a team, you're on a team of three, plus you have a sub. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, it's like a team of four and you decide who among the four are going to go into the next round based on who the competition is. You're going to figure out who is going to play which position and you're talking to each other because you're sitting next to each other, but your competition can't hear you because they're sitting somewhere else in the world. And okay. what's yep. funny is like... Um, I don't, I don't know. It's just funny because you're like listening to them build a strategy with a coach. They're drawing out plays. They're doing things together like a typical soccer team. Like it was just uh-huh. really fun to see them interact and get excited and pumped up face to face with each other before the game, during the game, after the game, which is much different than a kid staying alone in the basement. So I have grown to appreciate the camaraderie around this, especially for my fourth grader who loves video gaming, but I do not want him sitting in front of a screen all night. So I'm finding the balance, but I'm also, we'd be silly to ignore it knowing how much money is sitting behind it because I do understand. So I do think that colleges um, are finding sponsors for this because they are finding um, that these kids are really good for their programs. Like these are kids who really understand technology. They understand some strategy. They understand some programming or engineering, or they can see how games are going to get designed. Uh, There's a lot more to Mm -hmm. this than me playing Tetris, you know? So it's just, it's really interesting. And so I'm wondering how many Catholic schools have really jumped in on this. And I would imagine there are plenty of teachers in the lounge who are also the advisor to these esports teams. Mm, Interesting. So, so tell me again, are the kids sitting, um, are they online talking to each other or are they, so the team of, of four people and their coach, are they physically together in a space or are they online? I think you can be both, but I've seen it all physically in the same space. And I think that's kind of a fun part about it because at both the high school and college in the rooms are fun places to be. Like they have a leather couch and they have snacks and they wrote funny things Mm -hmm. up on the bulletin boards. Like it's very much a club. It's very much like these are my people. This here's who I'm hanging out with. And the coaches there live in person with them. Um, So lots of, you know, lots of camaraderie that way. I think you could do it virtually. And so I wonder, um, I wonder how many people are doing it that way, but I think at the high school and college levels, you're seeing these people face to face. And so to your point that these are people who might, who might be otherwise, um, gaming alone, um, solitary, you know, in their own space, doing their own thing. This is an opportunity for them to get out. And like the reason why I say more screen time, nope, like, okay, there are, brain ramifications to that too, but you're right. If they're gaming anyway, we've really got to build connection. We have to build uh, communication community. Like there are things that are missing for kids that are in isolation. So this is a way to do that. I'm all for that. So, you know, there's, there's the flip side. Yeah. And you have that communal, so instead of individualistic success, you're having a a sense of communal success, which you're not going to get unless you are joining uh, extracurriculars and sports and you're seeing a common goal and a common win. So I don't want to dismiss it as, um, 
I mean, it's strange. It's strange to people who haven't been in this for the last decade, but for those who have, it's been um, very fun to watch it evolve. So don't ignore it. If you're a school um, worried about this, don't ignore it. Dive in. Don't be scared to start a team or reach out to each other. So, (laughs) all right. Yep. There's our bell. Thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time. 